Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and I'm so thrilled today to be joined by the wonderful Tom Pelfrey to talk all about outer range. And, you know, when, when you're building characters, you often talk about how the inroad to any character is really finding where are they at that particular point when you enter the script of a show. And so much has already happened to your character before we even meet him in his life. But everything that comes after that is a real kind of evolution and, and building upon that first episode. And so what was that kind of central inroad and place where you really started? to find him as a character because there's so many details to construct within him yeah well you know the stasis of perry or, or like you said where we find him is is he's kind of he's kind of on the on the on the on the edge of a of a nervous breakdown or sort of on the edge of of losing it you know his wife's been missing for nine months um they haven't found her and 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 we learned pretty early on that they're going to stop looking and he has this daughter who he's trying to raise and you know, without being able to give her answers about, about her mom. And, and certainly the, the, the sort of family that he finds himself in is very stoic and uh, they're not really sharing too much about their feelings and their thoughts. And so we find this guy in the stasis where something's got to give, you know, he can't, he can't continue on the way he's been going and there doesn't seem to be any help on the horizon. And so that was one aspect of it. And then the other thing was, like, who was he 10 months ago? You know, like, and I had a lot of those conversations with Brian Watkins, our, our amazing creator who, who dreamt up these characters. It was like, because I think there's a lot of what he's doing now, what's happening in him now that, that wasn't a part of who he was 10 months ago. And I think that's important too, right? So that we like understand that there is the man and then there is the man in deep trouble. And what's different about him now, you know? Um, but yeah, that was a really intense place to start a character because, you know, usually in stories, for the audience anyway, we sort of get to go on a journey with the characters to understand why they're in pain or to understand their problems or to understand their trouble. But with Perry and Out of Range, it's like, here he is. And he's a mess. It's more like, wait, why? Like, what, what's, what's up with this guy? You know, so it was an interesting, um, felt like jumping in in the middle in a, in a weird way for me. Yeah. I mean, I love that description of, of the stasis that he's in because he hasn't had any answers. You know, he hasn't learned any more information since the night that his wife went missing. And did you view him as someone where the space that he's in is probably the same space that he was in a week or a month or three months after she went missing and he's really just been completely stagnant? Or did you think there were any places where he had managed to make inroads or resolve any details within himself? Because he does seem to carry a lot of regret. You know, it's that thing of just playing over every conversation they'd ever had to see if he could have contributed to it. Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, so... I, I think that th there was probably ebbs and flows of how he was dealing with it. And certainly after nine months, I think he probably got to a place with it where he could handle it a little bit better than he had in the beginning. But then, I mean, it's just so interesting because like when I was breaking down all these scripts are out of range, sort of you break it down and you look at all of them and you go, man, for Perry, so much of is established in the first episode, you know? And so like, you find out in the first episode that, that they're, they're not going to look for her anymore. 
you know, which which completely changes everything that he'd been doing to sort of keep himself together or whatever the story was that he'd been telling himself about finding Rebecca again. Um, so, you know, it was like, it was like you're playing this character who the stasis is that he's really in pain and like, you know, having a hard time holding on. And then very, very, very early in the show, he gets new information that makes it, well, almost impossible for him to hold on the way that he's been going. And that information very quickly leads to an event happening that really kind of I feel like there's two inciting incidents for the show. It's it's that Royal finds the hole and that Perry kills Trevor. Like those two things set the show in motion. Um, and it's just it's just a it's like a perfect mix of of horrible timing for Perry. And it's it's quite jarring to watch that journey into violence for him as a character in that first episode. And whenever we see any semblance of of those emotions rising up in him again, it's always because of a mention of his wife and what might have happened to her. Did you kind of going back to what you were saying before about there being aspects that are part of him that probably weren't 10 months ago? Did you think that the violence that it that happens in that moment, that that's something that has been a part of him simmering under the surface before, that that was something that was new because of all the emotions that he's been processing from losing his wife? Yeah, another good question. I mean, those are the kind of questions that I was asking and, and back and forth with Brian about because, you know, there is a man present in the script who, you know, and there's a lot of text from other characters and scenes that Perry's not in that sort of support this notion that that he's he's really on the brink. You know, there, there's sort of lines that Royal will say or, or that Cecilia, the mom, will say. Or, or that uh, Rhett will say kind of about Perry when he's not there, where you go, oh, he's, he's like really not, not well, which tells me that maybe, maybe a lot of what's going on with him now wasn't really present before. I think it's possible he had a temper. I think that whole family has a temper. <laughs> I think all the Abbots can, can be a little surly, um, but but I think, I think it's just like any system. It's like, it's been stressed for too long and he's like just trying to keep together. And then you get the new information where the sort of the, the, the bit of hope that you were holding out for to kind of keep you going is, is taken away. Mm -hmm. And what does that do? You know, what does that do on, on a system that's already overstressed? Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's a temper and there's a sort of anger in, in the whole family but I think what he does in that first episode is not something he would have done 10 months ago at all. Yeah. And because of that, it's a very delicate scene to have to try to film in regards to this isn't, you know, he doesn't go to the bar and get into a fight every week. This is unusual behavior. And that's why also nobody immediately suspects that that's what happened to Trevor as well. You know, it's not, well, this guy's always getting into fights with people. Let's talk to him for that reason. No, um, probably not even going to the bar too much yeah. he's a dad you know he's a dad and he's got his life and he's got his daughter and he's not he's not coming out and, and raising hell you know red is but not very <laughs> i mean because of that 
how did you navigate that scene and, and really finding his emotional trajectory from the point at which, you know, everything's very placid, everything's fine. And then to that moment that something just completely switches off on him and, and what that looks like when that anger comes to the surface so heavily for him. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that there was, you know, it's all, it did, again, the writing here is so beautiful. Brian Watkins did, did a, a really incredible job of sort of weaving the emotional through line for these characters. And so you think of Perry and, and you think of him getting the information, kind of getting into a fight with Rhett and then Rhett invites him out to the bar. And the thing that we can all relate to is sort of wanting someone to like take us out of ourselves when we're in pain or comfort us, or at least have so much fun that we sort of forget what's happening for the moment. And, um, and Perry sort of gets that opportunity. So then you're thinking in your mind, like, this isn't just two brothers having fun at the bar. This is two brothers having fun at the bar. And one brother is desperate for the fun not to stop. You know, Perry's like, wants to be there, wants to have fun, wants to drink with his brother. And the last thing he wants to do is is think about his wife or think about what's what's bothering him or what's hurting him and of course Rhett brings her up at the bar out of concern and out of love but Perry sort of can't handle it and obviously tells his brother how he's feeling and then as as fate would have it you know goes goes outside to get sick and and there's someone who's antagonizing him about about the thing that he's on the brink of I mean, I, I love that. You know, I think I think that those are beautiful dynamics where we're not we're not trying to jump in the mud hole. We're trying to feel better, right? Because that's what we do when we're in pain. We try and feel better. And Perry was, you know, in the right situation to try and feel better, and it just it just went off the rails. And as a character as well, he also comes across as someone who's very introverted and kind of needs that space to himself a lot of the time. Um, you know, he's he's more comfortable kind of in a one-on-one situation with his brother than he is in, in a group setting. And so how did you create that space for him as a character, particularly because then a lot of your performance isn't relying on dialogue. It's re- relying very heavily on the internalized aspects of who he is and, and everything that he's thinking in a moment versus necessarily what he's saying out loud. Yeah, I mean that it's it's a it's a really good question and and it's true. I mean that this whole family is is so um, laconic and and repressed. You know, like the the communication is is like you know mud flowing uphill. Um, and so I think it's like you know it, the mistake I think would be that when you play characters like that, that you think somehow that they don't have something to say or that they don't have thoughts and feelings on everything that's happening, just like all of us do, but they just don't express it. So then you just have to pay extra close attention when you're reading the scenes, I think, to understand the circumstances and understand what you would say. And then why don't you? You know what I mean? So that there's so much life in silences or in one word answers, because it's like, it's like a real dynamic tension of like, oh, I want to say this and this is how I feel about that, but that's not what we do. So it's like the impulse and then the, the stifling of the impulse. And, you know, it's, 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 it's the, it's the, 
I mean, there's something so like quintessentially cowboy about that, you know, like, I think that's part of the reason we love these, this, this genre, this Western world. And like, I think of all the, the Western movies that I've loved uh, over the years and the, the actors who play it so well. And it's like, it's like, it's such a crucial part of the show, you know, that all of this be going on, but that it, it's like, it, it, it's as if like you have like this waterfall of water that wants to come out, but it's only can come out like through a hole that big. And it's like, what does that look like when, when those kind of people have feelings that big, like how much does it come out awkward and weird and like their bodies are weird and their faces are, weird, you know, cause it's all stuck there. I mean, it also makes him a character who, when he does say something out loud, there's a real currency to every single word that he says. And within the delivery, he's also not someone who fills up the space just because another character has finished speaking doesn't mean that you're stepping in with your next line immediately. Sometimes there's a moment to breathe, there's a space, there's a gap. And so how did you find that deliberate pacing of of dialogue delivery? Yeah, it, well, it's kind of like it's kind of. I mean, it's it's interesting because right because there's a poker game at the end of at the end of mm-hmm. episode four, but but I mean maybe not accidentally written in there because it, it mm-hmm. it's sort of an an allegory for I I think a lot of how these people deal with each other. You know, like I think of the scene like I don't know if it was in three or four, but when Imogen comes into the bar because she sees uh, Royal's truck, my dad's truck outside, and I remember playing that scene and it was like just reading it, I was like, oh, like only offer just enough so that I can get information from how she reacts. You know, like, oh, I saw, I saw Royal's truck. You know, I'm, I'm Perry. It's like, what are you gonna do with that? You know, um, I, I think that's what it is. It's like, I, again, like less than, less thinking about like, what is the speed or, I mean, that's part of it, right? Like part of it, like a Midwestern accent or anything is like, it's going to be more clipped. People tend to be, um, again, more laconic. Like in general, there's a, there's a, an efficiency of words. So they're, they're not saying as much, but it's like, why, why, why is that accent that way? You know, like, because maybe that they're, that they're, they're waiting for information and they're only going to do what's necessary. And it's also interesting when you talk about like that kind of style of communication, aside from like the poker aspect of like trying to get information. I mean, that really applies to our show and the circumstances because there's so much happening and there's so many question marks that everybody's, especially with autumn, you know, trying to figure her out or figure out what her motives are and stuff. But then there's also just like the practical aspect of, you know, when we're, when we were, you know, uh, training to ride on these horses and stuff. And at one point we filmed two days of, of driving cattle. And we like really kind of drove cattle for two days, which was such a cool, beautiful experience. But like, you realize that like, it's windy as hell. Sometimes it's hot as hell. Sometimes it's cold as hell. And like the, the cattle respond to your energy. So if you want them slow and orderly, you have to be slow and orderly. If you, if you come at them hard or if your energy is kind of amped, they get amped. Like it, it was such an interesting thing to do. Like I'm from fucking New Jersey. You know what I mean? Like, like, wow, this is cool. But, but you also realize like 
there's there needs to be so much communication but it needs to be like quick there's no room for extraneous you know like i need to get the point across to you like that with one word preferably and i need to be able to get it back and and we coordinate that way and so there's like that really cool thing that the more you get into like actually what these characters do with their lives the more it like helps you like understand why things are a certain way on on a level that's deeper than the the presentation of it you know Right. And there's, there's an energy that comes with that, you know, with everything that you're saying about the energy that you have to have in order for the animals to respond. There's, there's kind of an energy that comes with choosing to do that for a living. You know, we know for Perry that he's grown up in this world, but we also know that he has wholeheartedly chosen to stay in that world. You know, he has always wanted to stay on the ranch and for this to be a huge part of his life. And so was there an energy that you found him in it, in him as a character because of knowing this is something that he's so specifically connected to in terms of the animals that he's working with, the relationship with the land that he lives on. Yeah. Again, it's, it's one of the things we're doing in, in, in preparation to start filming aside from like riding the horses and learning how to rope and all these things was that we would, we would have these rehearsals at night with just the Abbott family and we would read some scenes and then kind of improvise some things and also play theater games and just try and like establish like, what is the dynamic of this family? Like, what is this like? And, 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 and we did some of them where we imagined like, maybe what was this like before Rebecca went missing, you know? And in, in playing those games and then getting to sort of imagine or live in those space, I imagine that like, Perry had everything he could have ever wanted, you know, that, that he could have a family and that he could get to stay on this farm and do these things and like raise his daughter this way. I think that would, was all like deeply meaningful for him to like sort of continue that tradition and to pass it on and to share that. And then having all that and never getting to see that die, you know, and, and like I said to, to Brian, our, our, our Watkins, our creator, I, I said, I, man, I, now I wish we could film a scene where like this guy gets to like <laughs> enjoy life. <laughs> but to question is like, well, when that goes away, you know, when, when, when his wife is missing, I think then there becomes like a, even more of a hyper-focus on the land and on his job and on the cattle and on making sure the farm is, is, is working, the ranch is working because he needs that to focus on, you know, like he needs something to ground them. And that's, that's what he's used to doing. And like, you know, we, we all know this in different ways, like people respond to things differently, but a lot of times if someone's upset or going through something, they can just lose themselves in their work. You know, because it's something that's consuming. And so for, for Perry, I think he would love it anyway, but I think by the time we meet him, he sort of needs it. And it's it's such a space of work and, and a field that has so much stress that comes with it and so many extraneous circumstances that can influence the outcome each season. You know, and we there's a scene with his parents arguing about it and essentially talking about 
all the hardships that they've weathered over the years, you know, if a drought comes in, if some of the animals die and what that means to them as a family. And even though that was a conversation amongst his parents, kind of similar to how you were saying earlier, that there's a lot of details that you found in Perry from other characters describing it. Did you also look at a lot of the conversations between his parents, the things that they're discussing from their day to day, like the the stress that comes with running a ranch and how that would influence and impact him? Yeah, that's another really great, great, great um, question. And, you know, to, to, to go even further with what you were saying about, you know, the parents talking about the weather and like anything could happen and we could not have a good crop or like we could lose cattle. Like what happens if a tornado comes through? Um, to me, that also informed a lot of a lot of why. I think faith plays a big role in this family and also why it might be more tangible to people who are working in such a way where like truly they're at the mercy of things far beyond their control. You know, you talk about the weather, it's like the weather you know, you and I could be having this conversation right now, no matter what the weather is, you know, and you're talking about crops, you're talking about working on a ranch. It's like, there's, 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 there's such a great quality of like expansion out there. And the, and the feeling of like, we are at the mercy of so many things that are greater than us. And I think that that informs the family's faith, obviously Cecilia's faith is, is a big part of the show, but like you're asking me about, about Perry. And I think, I think faith is a very important part of his life too. Um, and I think that is all informed by the environment in which they live. You know, I think that's, that is like, you are face to face with, with, with reality and with nature on a daily basis in a way that I, I think most people wouldn't understand. I also wanted to ask a little bit about working with Imogen Poots because the two of you have so many really beautiful scenes throughout the entire series. And there's this real kind of magnetic connection where he doesn't necessarily know why he's drawn to having conversations with her, but she very quickly becomes someone that he feels much more comfortable opening up to, you know, it's, it's an outsider. It's not family. It doesn't come with history. It doesn't come with, with prejudgment on the things that he says. And so that gives him this unique space and this unique outlet. And so how did you create and view that relationship dynamic between those two characters as you were building it with Imogen? Yeah, uh, it was it was a very interesting thing, you know, because so much of the show is um, it's like it's not ambiguous. It's it's got a wonderful sense of mystery, you know, and 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 this is this is almost always a key integral uh, component of what Brian rights you know i've i've known brian for years as a playwright in new york and i've always thought his work was so magical and special and this show brings so much of what i think of as 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 his style of writing into into the the realm of tv and yeah in particular with what was happening with imogen and then just on the technical level as an actor 
there wasn't always an answer. You know, there wasn't always a special answer as to why I'm so compelled. And in a way that became kind of fun. I mean, it was the idea of like, is there, I mean, I think we've all had this feeling at some time or another, but like, is there a way in which you feel connected to a person, whether it be energetically or a weird soul recognition or however you want to frame it, where you don't fully understand it, um, but that it moves you, that like you engage with it or feel comforted by it or feel challenged by it, or, you know, it's a sort of push and pull and it's not, it's not necessarily romantic. It's not necessarily that, that basic. It's not even really a friendship because he doesn't really know her. Um, I mean, that was a really fun, (laughs) those scenes were always fun because it, it was really more so than you ever normally get to do, I think, was like come in with an idea of who she is and then be constantly surprised. And it was wonderful to do because Imogen is such a, a, like an exciting actor, you know, like she really brings ideas and she's not afraid and she makes these that are incredible. And so every time, you know, I have a scene with her as Perry, who, you know, she also couldn't be more different than him or, or what he's used to experiencing. You know, we are talking all about this, this sort of repression and this laconic and this like, um, you know, efficiency of words and like all of this about Perry plus he's in so much pain. And then you have this character that's so expansive and so verbose and like quixotic and all of these different things. And it's like, it's like, what is, what does it even look like when a guy like Perry meets someone like that? Right. Because you're like, I don't know, you, you know, you live in New York city and like, you see people like that every day, but you don't see people like that every day on a ranch in Wyoming. So like, where did this person come from? You know? So it was like always exciting for me to be like, okay, well, okay. So like to Perry, this might as well be an alien who's come down from like Mars <laughs> because he's never seen anyone like this before. And then you figure in your factor in all the other equations of like what's going on and what he might be thinking about her motivations or anything like that. And then each scene, you kind of get a different tack. It's like, okay, well, the first time he meets her, not sure what to think. So maybe let her come to him. And then, well, now I learned something about her. So then the next time I meet her, it's this, right? And then, you know, she does something else different. And he's like, you could sort of imagine him going home like, trying to figure it out and that's not to say he's dumb and i don't think he is at all it's not a judgment on his character but it is to say like you know you have to remember that like what how weird is this how weird is this kind of person do you ever encounter something like that in that setting do you ever think that perry's met a girl or even a human being who's quite like autumn i think the answer is no Well, I really love all of these details and always love listening to the way that you talk about character and process. So thank you so much, Tom. Really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you.